You're listening to Art Affairs, episode 67. Today I'll be talking to Brandy Milney. Alright, so my name is Michael Faith, and this is Art Affairs. Art Affairs is my attempt at shining a spotlight on the many wonderful people that make up this amazing art community, featuring conversations with artists, gallerists, curators, telling their stories. You can take through previous episodes complete with show notes at artaffairspodcast.com, but the best way to stay plugged in is to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. And if you're really enjoying the show and want to help support what I'm doing here in an even bigger way, check out the Art Affairs Patreon. Not only does it give you an opportunity to help keep the show going, but there are several community-oriented benefits as well, like getting early access to episodes and suggesting questions for upcoming guests. You can find all the information about that at patreon.com slash artaffairs. You can also connect with the show on Instagram at artaffairspodcast. All right, so today's guest is artist Brandy Milney. Brandy makes works that, on the exterior, look very lighthearted and sweet and almost candy-coated. But on deeper inspection, her works actually hold a lot more of a a somber tone and some sadness and melancholy mixed in as well. Really, the ingredients of life. We talk about this dichotomy of themes in her work, as well as her experience writing for children, her new solo show at Corey Helford, and a whole lot more. So I hope you enjoy my conversation with Brandy Milney. Brandy, welcome to the show. It's so good to have you on. Hello. It's good to be here. Thank you for having me. All right. Awesome. And so let's dive into your background a little bit. Um, And I know that you were born and raised in Anaheim uh, there in Orange Orange County, which I believe, and and I have not spent a whole lot of time in Southern California, but I believe that's where Disneyland is. Um, So did you grow up like near the park at Disneyland? You are right. Yes. Um, We lived, I grew up probably about 10, 15 minutes away from Disneyland. Um, all my life until I moved out to Huntington Beach, which is only like 20, 25 minutes away now. So I've been orbiting Disneyland my whole life. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good way to put it. Uh, did you spend a lot of time going to the park like when you were growing up? Um, not a lot. Um, my parents, there was a lot of kids. They, I'm the youngest of four kids in my family. So um, we didn't go terribly often, but when we did, it was very memorable for me, um, even to this day, like just very uh, iconic and and powerful in my memory. I always kind of wonder, like um, places like that that are such a big like tourist destination for the people that live nearby. Does like the shine of it wear off over time? Just because you you know they're so close to it, and it's like I I grew up near. I mean, it's not nearly the size and you know presence of Disneyland, but like Six Flags Over Texas was in my backyard, and so. It was just like where we went every summer. and But like for other people, it's this big event and they really make a kind of trek to it. But I mean, what was your experience with that? Did it, did it still have the magic that other people kind of associate with it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Even today, like I just being there, I, there's such a magic to it. it. 
even though it's crowded and I get a little, I get a lot nervous in crowds. Um, it still has that ma magic from when I was growing up and obviously for so many people, you know? Um, yes, definitely still, still amazing. And you mentioned that you were the youngest of four. I was going to ask you about that. That you you having grown up in such a large family was that challenging for you just to have, you know, being the youngest of so many siblings. Yes, it is. <laughs> it's very hard. I, I mean, I love my siblings, and I, you know, um, but I grew up with kind of a complex just because you know being the youngest, it's like you're not good at what everybody else can do, um, and you know you kind of get the the um pat on the head a little bit <laughs> you know um good so, job yeah <laughs> um so yeah it was it's challenging it is challenging and what kind of work did your parents do when you were growing up um my my mom stayed at home and raised us children um and my dad went to work he uh is he's a designer he does um architect work he does all the math. That's what okay. I understand of it. I don't know exactly, but he has, you know, growing up, he had all those big old drawings, you know, laid out on a big desk. Um, and I just remember, you know, his handwriting on those drawings, you know, the, uh, I don't know what it's called. It's draftsman, uh, text or whatever. Um, and I just remember like being overwhelmed and so intrigued by those, by my dad's life on that desk, you know, it was out in the garage and he went to work, but also he had stuff from home. So, but yeah, he was the only, uh, breadwinner in our, our family. Did you have much exposure to like the arts as a kid? Is it something that you had around you much? No, <laughs> not at all. No. Uh, my family, my parents didn't, um, weren't big art fans. Um, you know, uh, so my art, I didn't know of fine art, you know, I, I knew of what was on TV, what, what movies I saw, um, you know, cartoons and the such. That was my art growing up. That's my influence. I guess, how did you um, become interested in making it then? If you didn't really have, you know, very many examples of what fine art even was, how did that become a creative uh, interest of yours? You know, I guess it was, I guess it was cartoons watching, you know, just, um, television or art made for children. I, as I saw it, um, I was fascinated. I loved, you know, Bugs Bunny. I loved Woody Woodpecker. I love, you know, all those old, um, cartoon classics and like Disney, um, classic cartoons. And I, I guess just watching that stuff and seeing, um, adults create something for children and, and telling stories, you know, for children, not only for children, but, you know, speaking a child's language, definitely. And I, I, I just always was drawn to that. And I, I was jealous of it. I, I wanted to be in that world and I wanted to, um, and I guess I just found my way of, uh, you know, expressing that within my tiny hands, you know, my tiny world and, and just have always loved it. And, and what form did that creativity manifest in those younger years? Was it drawing? Was it coloring? Like what was your, um, art of choice, I guess? Um, I was obsessed with coloring books. 
just, I would just pour over those for hours and, um, and just really, uh, focus, like focus my, my energy, my time into that and, and lose myself in it. So early years was coloring books. Um, and then, you know, like art class in school, uh, doing like different projects, you know, um, I remember doing, uh, these projects where you would draw like a picture and then have like a paragraph underneath of like a story, a quick story. Um, as a kid, I remember, you know, getting the opportunity to do that in school and it was so different than everything else. Obviously it's not like history or, you know, math and all that stuff. So it was kind of like a break for me. And it was, um, I was very interested in it. I, I, I took it very seriously. And I remember just being frustrated a lot, you know, um, not being able to do the things that I, my imagination was, was wishing, you know? Um, so that frustration just kept me at it, kept me interested. And I also read that you were um, a particularly harsh critic of art at even a young age. That <laughs> that if your the, the outlines and your coloring books weren't thick enough, that you yeah. get angry and like. <laughs> oh, definitely, yeah, yeah. I I don't I don't know what they call that, but uh, yeah, I was definitely judgmental and knew what I liked, <laughs> you know. I, and it was the thick lines. It was the coloring books with the thick lines. I wouldn't even touch something without the thick lines, you know, just judging that, like, I, I don't have any interest in that, you know, I don't want to spend my time and energy in that, you know. That's so funny. Um, so, I mean, as a kid, did you already know that you wanted to be a professional artist? Is it something you were already aiming for? Um, yeah, I knew that that was something that was calling to me or, or uh, something that I felt within me. Um, but honestly, you know, as a kid growing up, I didn't know of contemporary art scenes. I didn't know of, you know, until later. Um, but as a kid, I, I really, really wanted to do that. I wished that I could do that as an adult, but I didn't have a lot of confidence or knowledge about it. So um, that was something that I kind of was afraid to dream about even, you know, as a, I mean, I, I wanted to, but I, I was scared that it would never come to to pass. So I kind of hid that dream from myself, but not really because here I am. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Is it something that your parents encouraged in you? Like, were they supportive of that interest and that creativity? Um, somewhat. Uh, it wasn't something that my mom always said um, that she didn't see any like special talent of mine, you know, as a little kid, you know, it was kind of just like one of the four of us, you know, like it wasn't anything special than, you know, that popped out to her, um, until I think, um, seventh, eighth, ninth grade where I kept at it. I didn't put it down. I, I kept at it. And, um, I remember at that point her saying like, Oh, maybe there's something here, you know, but, um, yeah, I didn't have a lot of encouragement for like the future, doing that like you can do it you can do whatever you want um i didn't have that and when it came time to, i mean i know that you didn't go to to a, like a formal art school did you go to any kind of like college program or are you going for some other kind of career just because you weren't certain about you know your path as an artist at that point um i yeah i took 
classes here and there at like the local junior college, um, which I loved. I, I, I took, um, life drawing, uh, cartooning, animation, uh, art history. Um, but I can't remember anything <laughs> from that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I took whatever I could and, um, but no, I was not going to school for anything else. I, I was just kind of like wandering, you know, yeah. a little bit. Yeah. And, and was that, I guess, rooted in the uncertainty of, you know, you, you kind of in your heart of hearts really wanted to be an artist, but you almost sort of tamped that down. And and so did that cause you to just kind of have an aimlessness, I guess? Mm, yeah, that that makes sense to me. Um, yeah, I think I think so. Um, I didn't take myself very seriously back then. And I, I just kind of went with the aimlessness, you know, so I, I worked at Target for a long time, you know, and I, and then I, um, I got a job working at a company that did um, artwork for menu boards, like coffee shops and, and restaurants. And um, so I did that for six years. And that kind of led me that that was actually my uh, where I learned most things, you know, most mm. of my art and, you know, because it just threw me into like life and uh, things that I wouldn't necessarily do myself. You know, I'm, I don't sit down at my desk and draw a hamburger, you right. know, <laughs> <laughs> um, so it, it kind of was a challenge in that way. And it, it taught me a lot. It taught me how to like really stick with um, a longer um, if you want to say illustration or, you know, a longer process in the art. And, um, at that time I wasn't necessarily spending a lot of time with one illustration. Um, but yeah, that, that really did teach me a lot. It was a really crappy environment, that company, um, the, the owner and his family, it was a family owned company and the owner, was his son worked with him and they would just fight and fight and fight, argue and cuss at each other. And it was really a terrible environment, but I learned a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I guess looking back, are there, there are aspects of what, you know, you perceive a formal art, art education to be that you feel like you missed out on or that you wish you'd had an opportunity to have? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, um, I'm grateful for how my path has, you know, unfolded. Definitely grateful for for where I'm at. Um, but I I can see that maybe school would have helped me with like the language of of art, and um, maybe I wouldn't have been able to remember it because my memory is terrible. But um, yeah, definitely with the language and then um, techniques, you know, I. I taught myself in a roundabout way. Um, and I, I would guess that having been trained, it would have, uh, cut to the chase a lot quicker, but then again, I probably wouldn't know some other things, you know? Right. So it, it really is just a path that I had to trust and I have to trust, you know? Other than the, um, I guess the business side or the kind of project management side of, of things that you learn from the work that you were doing, how did you go about learning your actual painting craft, like learning to paint? How did you mm. go about that? Um, in the beginning of my career, I was uh, doing illustrations. So I was working with pen and ink and watercolor, watercolor pencils, which was really uh, controlled, very easily to controlled for me. Um, 
and that was doing well. And then in, I think it was 2000 or, uh, yeah, 2006, uh, I got offered to do a solo show in, um, the gallery that I'm working with today, Corey Helford gallery. And they had, uh, just opened their first gallery in Culver city. Um, or they were going to, to open and, uh, I needed to fill those walls. And I knew that what I was doing, the illustration stuff, I was gonna, it was going to take a long time and maybe time that I didn't have. So I needed to learn how to paint. And I, so I went with acrylic and on wood. Um, and it was kind of just out of necessity, you know? So, um, at that point to teach myself how to like, you know, go from one medium to the next, um, I looked at a lot of books. I looked at a lot of art, um, that I, that I liked and, um, just tried to figure out a way to manipulate it and, and do something that I felt was true to the, the work that I was doing illustratively. Um, and then also to tell a story that I wanted to say, you know? So, so just, you know, bef- even before that, you know, I know the, that you had your first solo show in, in 2007, but you started showing even before around 2003. So was that work the, the earlier illustrative style where it was more ink and, and watercolor? Mm. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was doing, um, really tall, uh, like almost fashion illustration, like females, um, on, on, uh, card, uh, what is it? Cardstock paper. Um, yeah, that's what I was doing initially when I first started showing professionally. Yeah. Okay. And, and how did, how did that happen? Because I know that your first set of shows was, um, with LC and cannibal flower, and that's really kind of what kicked you off, you know, at least showing your work in a public setting. So how did you first get involved with, with LC and, and showing and making some of those relationships in the art community? Um, a friend of mine, uh, gave me Elsie's number. He knew about the, the cannibal flowers every, I think it was uh, monthly or was it week? No, it was monthly. And, uh, so he gave me that contact and I showed my work to Elsie and, um, they loved it and, and just wanted me back and kept inviting me. And it was really, really cool. Really cool. And so is that, did that kind of help you make some of the connections that led to the show at Corey Helford or how did you connect with Jan and, and the Corey Helford folks? Yeah. Um, I guess doing that over time, um, galleries started seeing my work and I started, uh, getting invitations to different shows. Um, one of them being the first one being, um, gallery 1988 with, uh, Jensen and Katie. And, uh, I think it was there that, um, Oh, no, no. I, I, the way that I got um, hooked up with Jan from Corey Halford was uh, my friend Jason Maloney, who knew Jan and uh, knew that she was opening her gallery. So he gave me her number. He showed her my work. Um, she loved it and invited me to do my first show, which was a very, very big deal. Yeah. Well, and, and I read that, that that was like they offered you your first show before they even finished building the gallery. <laughs> right. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, it was incredible. Yeah, no, that's very cool. Is it, I guess, is it important to you or has it been important to you to, to maintain these kind of strong gallery relationships? Do you feel that's an important component to your career? 
Definitely. I, I think it's, I think it's great. I think, um, the support, having the support of a gallery, um, and the way that they, um, treat the work, treat the, the career, you know, I've been working with them since the beginning, which I can't even remember. I don't know. What is that? 16 years? I'm not sure. I'm terrible at math. (laughs) Um, but yeah, having that support, um, is really important to me and, and being able to, uh, rely on, you know, that support and also the, the respect that we mutually have for each other through the years, it really does build something very special. And I, I, I really respect that. Awesome. Very cool. And so, you know, you mentioned the, the shift from, you know, the illustrative ink and watercolor, you know, seeing some of the, the, the work that you were making around 2007, 2008, um, definitely very different, a little more illustrative. I think thematically there's still, you can still see the through line to what you're making today, but stylistically it's evolved quite a lot. Um, you know, with the thicker lines back then and, and the, the, the outlines that you were making, um, I guess, was that a natural kind of slow organic evolution over time? Or is it, was, did you make like a conscious effort to change at some point? Mm, yeah, definitely. Um, I, I loved the black lines because again, it was uh, something that I, I was drawn to as a kid. So I, I really liked that. But at the time, you know, outlining that in ink on wood over time, like my hand was suffering from it. And I knew that it wasn't going to, you know, continue for very long. And I think I, gosh, what year was that? 2012, maybe, or 11, um, that I knew that I was going to drop those lines. And it was, for me, it was a matter of, um, making sure that the work was clean and crisp and bold without the line and separate from the background as much as possible. I was very nervous to do that, but I found a way <laughs> I believed in, in the possibility of it. And I found a way. I guess I'm, I want to understand like what was ner- like, why did you feel nervous about it? Did you think that it would change your style enough to where people wouldn't follow you or did you, mm. or was it just something that you personally really enjoyed doing that you felt like you were giving up? Like what, what made you nervous about it? Um, yeah, I guess it was, uh, the, the thought that maybe I would leave some people behind, you know, and that was true for the jump from illustrative to, to full paintings. Um, whenever you make a, um, change or, you know, a leap into something new in your art, there's always a chance that people might not follow you and might not, you know, might prefer the work that you did before, which is fine. Um, and I guess it's just a matter of um, being okay with that, being okay with, you know, some people preferring the old stuff and, and making sure that there's new people along the way, yeah. which there is, you know, there, there inevitably is. Right. And, and I guess there's just an aspect of, of being authentic and staying true to your creative vision and not letting the expectation of others, you know, drive you know, your own creative path. 100%. Yeah, that's that's the most important. Um, and so considering the, the themes that, that you work in, I, I, and you 
you know, definitely on the surface, you have a very um, almost candy coated surface is what I kind of took down in my notes. But underneath that surface, there's definitely some degree of melancholy, some sadness there, some somberness, I think is is the word that I would use to, to describe it. I guess, what is it about that contrast of, of cute and sweet and then sad and somber that appeals to you in that way? I guess um, for me, my art is based on um, emotion. You know, uh, that's where it initially starts. And a lot of my emotions, the things that I feel in my life, a lot of that is sadness. A lot of that is grief and um, loneliness and and heartbreak. Um, and I mean, I love the sweet stuff. I love the candy, happy, joy stuff. But um, I don't think it would be true to life if I just stuck with that stuff, you know. And I like the idea of you know, at first glance, maybe it does look childlike and um, whimsical and uh, and light. But the deeper the the person looks, they could see the truth in that, and they could um, relate on a different level. I believe, and that's really important to me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's definitely a lot of depth in there that that uh, people can explore and get new things depending on how deep they go, you know? Um, and, and I guess that, that inner interplay between, you know, light and heavy, um, in a lot of ways reminds me of, of old timey, like fables, like, you know, mm. brothers Grimm or Hans Christian Andersen, some of those, um, where there, there is a harsh underbelly with some of those stories. Very harsh. <laughs> Very harsh. Yes. And, and they, they were done in service of a larger, a larger, um, you know, lesson or a, a moral that they're trying to communicate through their work. Um, and I guess, do you feel that that is inspired in you in some way? Like, are you kind of embedding or imbuing these with a deeper story in the same way that some of these storytellers of old um, mm-hmm. kind of seeded their work with difficult truths? Yeah. Yeah. There's something about that, you know, as even as a little kid um, with like those little rhymes that you sing as kids and, um, finding out as you get older that they were like really dark, um, you know, truths to those songs that children were just so, you know, frolicking about. Um, I, that had made a big impression on me as a kid and, um, that something about that depth, you know, that, that harsh belly of life, that truth about life, it hurts. Life is scary and it, it's not certain and it hurts a lot. (laughs) So, um, again, I just really want to be true in my work. I want to be authentic and I want to say the things that maybe I couldn't say in real life, you know? And, um, I think that's what art is. I think if, if it's not truly expressed from the core of you, um, I mean, not everything is going to be so deep and so, you know, full, um, there is room and space and much needed joy and, and lightness, but um, that darkness is there and it is truth. And, and I, I think it's very relatable. And these stories that you're telling through your work, are these, um, you know, personal stories, like autobiographical in, in, in some way? Mm, yeah, definitely. Yeah. They are basically, uh, my life story, you know, 
because they're based on what emotions I'm, I'm feeling at the time. You know, I'm asking myself when I sit down to, to make a new piece, I'm, I'm checking in with how I feel. And even, you know, years in the past, maybe I haven't been able to understand myself um, at the level I do now, but I still, that is the first step for me is, is asking myself like, well, what do I, what am I going through? What do I feel? What do I want to say right at this moment, you know, in this work? And I guess since these, um, you know, these do kind of capture a moment in time or an emotion in time, um, is it difficult for you to sometimes go back to think, you know, look at the older works and, and re feel those feelings or kind of replay those kind of traumatic events in your life? Um, is that difficult to look back at older works in that way? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, because this is visual work, um, it's instant. The, the memory for me to go back to the thing that I was feeling is instant. And I think a lot of artists look back on their work and they, there's certain amount of cringe, right? Um, <laughs> but I, when it's so close to your emotions and the, a, a period in time um, that maybe was very difficult, which art helps with, um, it can be too much to look at, you know, it, it, or, or uncomfortable to revisit. And that's fine. That's okay. It, it served its purpose for the time and, um, it was true and real. Um, and it wasn't bad. It wasn't, it's not, I'm not looking back and going, Oh, I shouldn't have done it. Not at all. Um, but yeah, sometimes it's very uncomfortable. And you said just now that, that, art helps you deal with some of these things. So I wanted to inspect that a little bit. Do you feel it's, it helps you deal because you're kind of letting them loose and, you know, um, you know, giving, um, I guess, disconnecting from that feeling or letting it live out in the world, or is it because it's therapeutic in some way, I guess, in what way is it help you with those, um, or I guess coming to terms with those emotions? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, yeah, I think, um, I, for me, Art is a language. It, it puts in it puts in life what I can't say. You know, there's no words that can exactly execute what I want to say and what I can visually. Um, so I think the process of it, you know, just spending time with that emotion or that thought process, um, letting it out, making it into an image that I could look back at almost like a mirror in some ways um, that I find is really helpful and it has been from the beginning. And maybe that was those first initial things in, in kindergarten and, you know, in school drawing those things maybe that I was afraid to say mm. or, you know, which I think is pretty human. I think that's pretty common with kids, a lot of kids, you know? So yeah, it, it is very therapeutic in that way. Very deep and rich, the process. Yeah. And, and I guess, you know, because in a lot of ways these are telling stories and kind of capturing um, emotions and events, do you, do you ever, does it ever help you in the service of building these um, images to actually write in words some of these stories and, and tell the, mm. the, the bigger story behind the characters that you're visualizing? Yeah, because the whole thing is, 
it's kind of just in, in imagination, it's a dark place. <laughs> you know, I don't see crispy uh, images. Uh, so yeah, writing helps. Um, but the writing for me, if I'm writing about a painting before I make it, it's more just throwing words out, throwing a feeling out like uh, exuberance, rich, lush, candy, whatever, I, whatever it is. Um, and not necessarily like, I want this to be this, you know, or, or um, because I do journal, you know, um, in my life. So I have that, but specifically for the art process, it's more just like a, a collage of words, mm. feelings. And is it important to you that these stories across pieces um, connect in some way or have relationships uh, across multiple pieces of work, whether it's to complete a narrative across, you know, uh, a single body of work like a, a solo show or I guess, does that interconnectedness matter to you at all? Mm. Um, it does. Yes. I, when I was first starting painting um, and I was headed out to do a show, like a large body of work that was going to be on exhibition. Um, I was nervous about that. I was scared that like, well, I want to do this piece and it's a squirrel and I want to do this piece and it's a girl. And I, you know, um, I didn't necessarily want to go out and throw out like a whole theme. And I was nervous that maybe it wouldn't be cohesive, mm -hmm. but along the way I could see that, whatever I was doing because it's in my style um, because it's, it's from my core. It does, it does go, it does flow, you know, and I can look back on um, several bodies of work and, and see the, the thread going through, you know, they're, they're kind of the same uh, story. They're, they're kind of all headed in this same direction so so it's almost like less of an intentional, I want to make these things connected, but more of an organic, they happen to be connected because that's the headspace you were in at the time that you made all of them. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Okay. Yes. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. And there's difference, you know, differences between each um, body of work, um, you know, the style or the color, the palette, the, you know, the characters, there's differences. But again, the, the overall theme is there. The, the overall story does connect. And I guess it's since this, this work is so personal to you um, and retelling your own life stories, does it matter as much to you how viewers of your work interpret it or the, the, their, their takeaways of the stories and feelings that you're telling? Is that a, an important thing to you? Yeah, I really, I respect that. I respect what people will get from my art and I, I want them to not not necessarily see what I meant, but maybe what they feel, whatever, wherever they're at in their life, whatever this art means to them at any given moment, that's what I care about. Yeah. You know, I, 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 it's an honor to, for my art to be looked at. It's an even greater honor for my art to be felt. Have you ever been surprised by somebody sharing an interpretation that, that uh, of one of <laughs> <Yeah>. your pieces? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of always shocked. Um, I'm, <laughs> I always take it as a compliment that people can feel the depth of the work, but a lot of times people aren't looking for it. So, um, sometimes it goes over people's heads and, um, and that's okay. 
it, it serves what it serves in their space, you know, and, and I, I'm grateful for it all. You, you mentioned earlier that you journal and the kind of activity of, of writing words down that, that are kind of thought starters for you. Is that your typical approach to um, developing ideas for new works? Is that the way you go about brainstorming? Yeah, yeah. Um, I have great wants. I, I, want, I want big things for my work. And when I'm setting out, like I, I'm, um, I'm about to have a big show at Corey Halford Gallery uh, this month, October 29th. Um, and so this body of work, I've been working on it for three years. So like I headed into something like that. I want it to be big and grand and beyond what I've already done. Um, but I, I also, you know, I need to, um, kind of figure, pull it down from my imagination. I need to start somewhere. So yeah, the, the writing process, um, and collecting of like, uh, color images, you know, things that inspire me that don't necessarily make, I'm trying, I'm not trying to make sense of any of it in the very beginning. I'm just kind of like, uh, responding to words or uh, a thought, lyrics, you know, I'm big with lyrics in my process, music. Um, so it's just kind of like a collecting of that to, to kind of pull down, like maybe somewhere to start. Um, yeah, it's so messy. It's messy. It's not <laughs> linear. <laughs> it's kind of scary. Yeah. Yeah. I, and, and I guess once you do land, like, you know, taking an individual piece and your process for like an individual painting, once you land on an idea for a piece, like what's your next step to take that further? How do you go about developing your composition for that single piece? Um, mm. Do you do like more refined drawings and kind of plan out the composition in that way? Do you do digital compositions? Like what's your, your process for that? I wish I could do digital. Not yet. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I do. Uh, I, I start in my sketchbook with uh, thumbnails, sketches, um, and I'll do maybe a few of those to kind of, uh, you know, as I mentioned before, it starts with the emotion. It starts with like, where am I? Um, and then I ask myself, like, what do I want to see? What if, if this emotion is based on something happy or maybe a little more somber, what is, what do I want to see in this painting? Uh, what character do I want to project this onto? Um, and, and how do I relate this, this feeling or this thought, uh, and put it into kind of emotion, like emotion in the piece. So yeah, it's, it starts with, thumbnails and then it might go into like a study of like a character um and then uh you know just for the composition and the like layout and um and then I start to think about color like what what color is going to best tell this emotion relate this thing um and then from there I kind of attack the the final piece. I, if it's going to be a full illustration or um, a painting on wood, um, I kind of just go from there and and start, you know, um, getting to it, mm. you know, and and the whole process. I'm listening, like I'm. So when I get to the final piece, I'm also listening, and I. This is the big listen. It's like, you know, as it's developing, it's it's telling me 
and I'm trying to tell it (laughs) (laughs) what to do. Um, but usually it's going to win. And, um, so it's really a, a process of listening and, um, and carving that out and, a lot, you know, along the way, things develop that I didn't, I wouldn't have ever, you know, guessed or necessarily, you know, set out to do. But those are those are happy. What does Bob Ross say? Happy accidents. Happy accidents. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> those are like so delightful, and and like, you know, you listen long enough and and let it be, and something uh, develops that that is kind of teaching you. So, so you're figuring out a lot of this stuff while you're actually painting the final piece. You don't even have it all figured out at the front of it. Nope. Okay. No. Interesting. I mean, that's, 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 uh, yeah, there's, I mean, there's an element of risk to that, you know, like, Oh yeah. Do you ever get to the end of it and you're like, Oh man, this just did not go the way I thought it would. <laughs> um, of course I do. Yes. Yes, I do. But also, um, there's never a point where it's destroyed. Um, my media, I work in, in acrylic and it's very forgiving. It dries very fast and I can layer and layer and layer. So um, there's never a, a point where I go, well, I, that was a waste of time. You know, I might feel the way I feel about a painting after it's done. And maybe that's not the greatest or maybe I could have done something better or, you know, I'm unsatisfied. Um, and that's okay. That's definitely okay. Uh, it's just a, a matter of being okay with that being okay. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, there's, it's not a waste of time because everything, even all the mistakes, even the things that like I, I want to cringe at and, you know, all of it informs the next thing and none of it, none of it is a mistake. None of it is, is bad. Yeah. It's all very valuable. And I guess because so much energy, um, you're still spending a lot of energy within the painting process itself. Just, you know, you have to have your mind really invested in that that process. Are you able to work on multiple pieces at once or do you typically focus entirely on one just so that you give it all of your, your attention? Hmm. Um, I used to just focus on one. Um, and maybe that was out of fear, uh, insecurity, maybe... Um, I used to think that, well, I, I can't work on anything else because I, you know, this is the energy that I have for this. I need to focus and, and close everything else out. Um, but now I, you know, along the way I was able to pick up different things and, and maybe put away something that, that I wasn't sure about at any given point, um, and, and change my focus to work on something else. And, um, so today I, I work on everything like this show. I have, um, I think it's 24 f- new full paintings and like 14 full of illustrations and then way more like studies and, and small pieces. So I was working on that the entire time, like over the three years that I've been working on this. You worked all of them all at once. I mean, all at the same time. Pretty much. I mean, you know, I finished things along the way and, you know, put things. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I was able to, uh, you know, it's kind of a relief to have so many things going on. Cause, um, 
I don't know if my attention span is getting less and less, <laughs> <laughs> um, but or I need more breaks. But um, it's it's kind of a, a nice thing to give myself a break and and move on, move my energy, because I don't want to feel stressed and I don't want to feel worried about one piece. And with a lot of things going at the same time, um, there's always something to work on, and there's always a place where I can, um, I don't know, get I guess like express something whether it's like a drawing or, or a painting. Um, some, there's something I, I know I can do at all times, which helps me. Yeah, yeah. And as far as mediums go, you know, since you switched over from the illustrative style to acrylic all those years ago, um, acrylic has been your main, you know, medium of choice for the paintings that you do. Um, are there other, other mediums that you've wanted to explore and just haven't had an opportunity to that you might try out in the future? Hmm. Yeah. Um, I want to, I want to try everything. I want to do, um, I want to go into oils and see what I can do in there. Um, I want to play with gouache. I don't necessarily want to go back to watercolor because it's so messy. And, (laughs) (laughs) um, and I, I just, I really love, uh, right now my illustrations are graphite and soft pastel on paper and, that's sort of new for me. So I, I know I want to do more with that. Um, but also I want to, I want to play with oil and, and see what I find there, but I love acrylic. Um, the, the transparency in acrylic and the dry time is fabulous. And I, I love acrylic and I think, um, you know, there's a lot of people that have encouraged me to go to oils um, and I will, but right now I'm still working with acrylic. I, acrylic is still showing me something and, um, I respect it. So do, do you think, I mean, that is something that you have on your radar to at some point move more, um, I guess, take on oil as a new frontier, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm open. I, I'm open to the future. I, I have ideas. I want to, um, go into like some peculiar, you know, portraits based on, um, actual real people. And, um, I want to see what oil can do in that. And, um, I want to challenge myself. I I always want to challenge and keep learning and, um, keep inspired, you know, chasing that thing that I can't do. Yeah. As far as like your working environment, do you, do you, do you have a dedicated studio like outside of your home or do you work from your home? Um, I work at home right now. I have, um, a studio upstairs and then a, a workspace downstairs where I do larger paintings, um, which is fabulous. It's perfect for me. Do you, do you think the shift to oil might change that just because there's, there's, it tends to get a, a reputation for having a lot of toxic fumes and, and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> having it in a yeah. living space might be challenging, you know? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I didn't think of that, but maybe, yeah. But we'll see. I guess does does working from home um, challenge you in in establishing work-life balance and, and creating that boundary between, you know, your working hours and your, your personal time? Definitely, yeah. I I am... Um, definitely a workaholic and um i've definitely needed to find boundaries and uh really stick to them to give myself a break um because my mind 
if left to its own devices, will not stop. It will not stop thinking in art and um, trying to make things. So even if it's like shutting the door, um, turning the paintings around, uh, definitely need to do the thing that I need to do <laughs> to keep myself uh, sane. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's super important. Um, you know, we, we talked a lot about your inspirations and and the um, kind of the events in your life that have inspired um, the work that you make. And and I know that, that in past interviews, you talked about music as being an enormous inspiration for you. And um, so I want to talk to you a little bit about that and, and, and the importance of music to you and to your work. Um, and I mean, even without like reading that it was an important influence to you. Seeing your Instagram feed, it's impossible to not recognize what a big fan of music you are, and especially like Elton John, which I also <laughs> love a lot. Um, so what is, I guess, what is music's importance to you and, and how has it inspired you over the years? Gosh, I would say that music is my most special uh, inspiration. It, it has been with me my whole life. I uh, was was blessed to have a mom that loved music. We had a big old, you know, stereo in the front room and, um, she listened to music, all kinds of music all day. <laughs> and that was amazing. So yeah, that's where I got Elton John at that, those first initial, uh, years and moments. Um, and I guess what I would say about music, uh, for me, it, it really does put to motion my emotion and so when i'm when i'm working if i put on something that i'm feeling you know that that suits my mood um it just helps me flow it helps me get into the to the work and not to think too much and just kind of pull that emotion out and um i i just i so love music i i love it and i i need it in my life. It's, it is life. Music is life. I feel. Yeah. You mentioned, um, you, your mom is the one that kind of exposed you to Elton John. And that was the same for me, both my mother and separately, my stepmother always had Elton John on. <laughs> so, <laughs> and so it, that's so excellent. It definitely like just permeated into my experience as a child. And it gave me a greater appreciation for just piano as an instrument amongst right. other things. So I found that when I was getting into other types of music, like Nine Inch Nails or something else, which has a really heavy undercurrent of piano and synthesizers, like I, I, I started thinking about, was that inspired by just my love of piano growing up? Like, did that just mm. become the types of music or, you know, influence the types of music that I ended up loving later? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, Elton's music. I mean, I remember being very small and his music coming on, I, whatever it was back then in the, the early eighties, I guess, um, late seventies, it just, it was different from anything else. And it really did call for, uh, it just put a, it cast like a surreal, emotional, rich, um, I don't know, like, Mo it made those moments um elevated you know and i um that has never left me that you could turn on any of his songs now from back then that i would listen to and i'm right right back there yeah. you know 
I, I think that's so special. Them singing Tiny Dancer was like the moment of Almost Famous. I mean, that was like yeah. the best part of yeah. that movie. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Love that. Do you have a favorite Elton song or maybe like a top three? That- <laughs> um, I do. I, um, gosh, I, I would say your song. I would say Harmony. I, I love Benny and the Jets. I love... Um, uh, all the young girls love Alice. I mean, it's the, he is just, it's just magic. Yeah. But before we started recording, you, you said that animals from Pink Floyd might actually be your desert <laughs> Island album. So I, I wanted to yes. ask you, I mean, did yes. you, have you seen Roger Waters or, or David Gilmore play uh, live? Yes. I got to see Roger Waters. Oh, what year was that? I don't even know now. Uh, we saw him at the Coliseum, my husband and I, and he he played the the wall, and I just I couldn't I I just almost melted I I couldn't believe it I cried I he's so talented so powerful and so heartfelt and true to his vision and and I know that it's it can be very harsh and controversial at times but he really means what he says and and um, the music that they made together uh, is just it's genius brilliant mm. yeah yeah I, I love pink floyd um and i guess uh you know music related um more recently you did a poster for tool which i am also I a big fan and that was the austin <laughs> show which is where i live I, yeah so i guess how did that opportunity come to you and how did you get uh, hooked Gosh. up with tool um i am friends with adam jones and corinne fought um corinne is a fellow artist uh painter and shows at, at Corey helford gallery so that's how we were connected and one day i get a call from adam and he's asking me to to use some of my artwork and and of course i said well yes please do <laughs> a very very exciting very exciting and i love uh, how it turned out. I, I just, I couldn't be more happy and grateful for that. Very exciting. I love Tool. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, me too. Um, I absolutely love Lateralis. It's so brilliant. And, and Wings for Marie 1 and 2, man. Uh, yeah, we could spend the rest of the, <laughs> the conversation <laughs> just talking about music. Um, That's right. I, I guess, did you like the experience? I mean, I, it sounds like this was a little bit more unique in that they used an existing piece and made a poster out of it. But I guess, do you like the experience of working on band posters just as a, a as a way of working? Do you think you'd want to do more of those? Oh, 100%. Yes, I am way into it. In fact, um, so when Adam invited me to do the poster, uh, we were in a time crunch and... Um, so we had to use something that was already existing. Otherwise I wouldn't have been satisfied. I wouldn't have had the time to make something that I thought was gosh worthy, you know? Um, but I did do some sketches at that time and I, I was going more towards, um, cause tools is known for more of the dark stuff like Chet's are, you know, all that great stuff. And, um, and they have great, um, art taste. Uh, all the posters that I've seen are brilliant. Um, and great company to be amongst. Um, but so I, I went the opposite in my sketches. I started doing like things that I thought would be obscure, you know, for, to see tool use, a, a cushy, like caterpillar, you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I thought would be really cool. But, um, 
so all those all those sketches that I did, and I did maybe about five or six, um, they actually inspired the work that I have now done for the past three years. Um, you know, for this new show uh, coming wow, out. Wow, that's awesome! So I was able to to realize those sketches that I wanted to see. Oh, that's amazing! Yeah, that's that's <laughs> really cool. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing that they had that kind of presence. Um, just influencing the the oh, work yeah. that you did later you know that's right yeah I think it, it it's so magical like um the older I get the more I realize like because I used to be so stuck on like oh yeah you know I did that in the past and that work is that's old stuff and it, you know let's move on you're only as uh relevant as your new stuff right but um the older I get the more I see that that is so not true and the body of work behind you that that's already there completed um can be used for many things and and have life again and again and again um just like music just like any art you know and i guess maybe i was just afraid and and very limited in thinking that oh yeah that's old stuff we forget about that you know we hide that (laughs) um it is not true it's still alive Awesome. Very cool. And so, so switching gears a little bit, and, and before we jump in to talk about your new show, I wanted to ask you a little bit about the published works that you've made over the years. And I know that your first book that you actually wrote and illustrated uh, came out in 2008 called So Good for Little Bunnies, um, which from what I understand was loosely based off of, you know, your life at the time where you were, um, you know, just getting married and moving out of your parents' home and, and kind of channeling some of those feelings of, of uncertainty and, you know, homesickness. Um, but I guess tell me about how that project first came about and how did you first get into creating books? Um, yeah, I uh, actually, uh, Bob Self, who is no longer with us, sadly, mm-hmm. um, he was the publisher of Baby Tattoo Books. And he saw my work, I believe it was at Gallery 1988. Um, and he he loved my work. And at that time, even still, I was doing the illustrative work. It was it was bigger. It had grown beyond um, just the girls, like the illustrative girls. But uh, it was still that illustration work. And that's what that that the artwork in that book is. But he saw that and he invited me to do anything. He said, just please write and illustrate something and I'll, I'll publish it. And, um, I, so I did, I set out to, to do what I felt. And, and like you said, I had just gotten married and left home for the first time. So in the book, uh, BB bunny, um, that's the main character. She goes out, she leaves home and she's on in search of, um, yummy town carnival, a carnival that she can hear the music of in the distance and she uh, goes out to to find her way there, and she uh, meets a cast of characters along the way, and um, and gains, uh, you know, confidence and belief in her abilities to be on her own and um, and go for the goals that she has. So yeah, it does parallel uh, my life, and <laughs> and I yeah. I love that book. I loved the process. It's hard work. It's very hard work. Um, it took a long time, but uh, 
what a gift to be able to to work on that. Yeah. And I guess what is your your process for writing? Did did you uh at least for that that story, did you write the the written words first or did you come up with the visuals first and then then write the backstory later? Like how did you approach it? It was kind of both at the same time. Um I I would write a little bit cuz you know like I have I have lyrics going on in my head, like not necessarily lyrics, but just things that repeat in my head. Um, words and and little bits of stories. So I would get those, I would write those, like just kind of piece it together. Um, And then I would have an idea of like what I would want to see, you know, um, visually, Um, things that I would want to like focus on and spend my time and that would make me happy. Um, And kind of just pieced it together from there. And, And then, you know, then there becomes a flow you know, um, but it is hard work. It's (laughs) (laughs) Do you think you'd like to do more of those? Did you like that process? Did you enjoy it? I did. I did. I would definitely, I do have plans, um, to make many more books. Um, in fact, I, I have an idea to do, uh, a series of six uh, children's books that are based like basically just I, I say children's books, but I really mean just humans, just anybody. Um, because I think, uh, I think that it's very important not to lose your child, like way your, you know, imagination and, um, and stay connected to that as adults. And so when I say a children's book, I don't mean children. I mean, children of all ages. Um, so I, I want to, uh, work on a series to, um, I don't know, basically, um, like help people, kids, uh, accept themselves, accept their humanness. I, I do work like that in my life. And I think it's really important, um, cause I didn't necessarily have that stuff growing up. Um, and I, like I said, like I had a complex, you know, most of my life. Um, so I want to, I want to do something that helps. I, I really think that's really important. And I, um, I think it'll take that form. That's awesome. Have you already started working on it? No, no, I, I this is something that I, yeah, I couldn't work on while I was working on this sure, show. Sure. Uh, Cause it would just be too big of a split. Um, and I want to really focus. That's the thing about writing. Um, my first language is, is images. It's visual. Um, so writing is kind of new for me. Um, and it, it hurts my brain. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't come easy. So I, I need my, all my wits about me. I need all the focus, you know. Do you find that, um, I mean, I feel like with anything, it gets easy over time. Do you feel like, um, it will. You know, yeah. you had that experience in 2008 and now you're starting to think about it, doing it again. Do you think it'll come more naturally to you the more that you do it? I think so. Yeah, I think so. Especially to um, when I was writing that first book, um, I didn't I didn't have a lot of confidence. Um, so I, I think it'll be different now. I have a little more confidence and um, belief in my ability and trust, you know, uh, so. I'm not second guessing myself as much. And uh, I think that'll help. I think it'll, I, I can just kind of let myself be. Yeah. Well, and, and if you're writing a story about 
accepting your humanness, then you almost have to be kind to yourself along the way. That's right. <laughs> right? That's right. It's a trap. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. Yes, I do. <laughs> So, so let's talk about your new show, and, and I'm excited to, yeah. to talk with you more about that. Um, it's called Everything I Ever Was, and it's opening on October 29th at Corey Helford. Um, so I guess, what can you tell me about this new body of work? Um, I'm, other than I'm really, really, really excited and ready, um, I, I am so excited about this work. I um, Kind of like I was saying earlier, I did not set out to have a theme. For this work and every every show and body of work that I work on, I want there to be a challenge. I want to challenge myself and, and change things up. So in this one, um, it's more along the lines of accepting my humanness. And in that, I did not set out or curate a theme. And instead, I, I trusted that whatever I was going to be working on, whatever interested me at the time, whatever it may be, um, that it was the truth of what my subconscious wanted to say, and that there would be um, there would there would be a theme no matter what, you know, basically, because it was uh, me trusting my subconscious and and uh, working straight from that, and um, and it's been a joy. It's been hard work, and um, it's been a long three years, especially with pandemic and. Um, the world just turning upside down in so many ways. Um, but I, I've been hard at work here in my studio and um, I absolutely love what came out and I, I'm excited for people to see it and celebrate it and, um, and really feel it. You know, I, I'm stoked. Yeah. And and so because it is something that you worked on over the course of three years, did you find that the stories or the emotions that you were telling evolved over that three year period? You know, because mm. it is so tightly connected to your feelings and we had so much going on outside mm. around us. Right. Did you mm-hmm. find that that theme kind of changed over time? Um, I'm not sure it changed over time. I, I guess it was just um, where I was at at the moment, which you know, in the body of work, I found that there's, it's almost like half of it is happy stuff based on like joy and, and exuberance in life. And then the other half is the, the darker shade of, of life. And actually the, the darker stuff is kind of what I left for the end. Uh, I was, I was very happy and excited to work, <laughs> work on, <laughs> on the lighter stuff. Um, but then at the, I, I found myself working on a lot of the darker pieces at the end. And, uh, that was quite a struggle because like I said, it, the process of making the art is I'm, I'm involved in it and I feel it. And, uh, it was a lot of facing the, the harder emotions, you know, that I've been feeling and, um, and I think in that way, uh, it tells the truth. It tells the truth of these last three years for me and uh, my experience. And um, I think a lot of people will be able to relate. Yeah. Is, is there a particular piece in the show that, that challenged you maybe more than some of the others? Mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a piece. It's called uh, Let Go the Ghost and Let Me Be. And it's basically about, uh, you know, letting go of things that don't serve you, letting go of the past, um, that maybe 
wants to haunt you. And in the piece, it's a girl and she's uh, standing with a big jack-o'-lantern and she's in a pumpkin patch and she's literally like letting go the ghosts out of the jack-o'-lantern. And man, that piece at the very end, uh, it was a struggle for me to actually like literally let go the ghosts. Like the ghosts gave me so much hard, hard times that uh, I was worried about the color, the transparency, their emotion, their, you know, position. It, I, I just really couldn't let it go, you know? And, um, that was the, that was the one big, biggest struggle for me, this, this show, this body work. How did you overcome that? that last I mean it's the last piece you're you're kind of struggling with letting things go like how did you get over that um I really had to address what it really was about um my my husband helped me with that we talked a lot about it um uh I don't I don't want to be stressed out you know in the process I don't I think it doesn't serve the work so um in order to really move on and and get through this, I, I had to address what it is. And, um, and it turned out to be like letting go of this body of work, you know, and moving through like that I'm finished with it. Um, as well as like letting go of the things in my recent past that I've just been clinging to and, um, they don't serve me and it's a struggle. It's hard. And I, in my work, I, I really mean what I'm saying and I, I'm really connected to it. So it does have an effect. And, and that was, that was rough for me, but eventually I did get through it because I did, you know, ask myself the right question. (laughs) Yes. I mean, it was three years of your life and that's hard to, to give that up closing that chapter, you know? Right, right. And and to say, I'm, I'm satisfied, and it's done. Um, it's hard. And uh, this last three years has been this work has been an escape for me in a lot of ways, and um, a way to center myself when the world was and is continues to be so uh, uncentered. <laughs> um, so to, to close the book, take that step outside of it is um it's hard sure yeah and i think you mentioned earlier how how many pieces are there in the show i've been counting and counting and counting um, <laughs> <laughs> i think there's 24 full paintings which i call full paintings um there's about 14 15 16 uh full illustrations on paper and then i'm doing like a series of um small studies like lips and um, candies and uh, little toys and things that make me happy. Uh, So those are, I don't even know how many of those are. That's a big show. It's huge. It's a big show. It's a big (laughs) show. And, and a lot of pieces in the, in the show are the full paintings are big, big paintings. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm very excited. (laughs) So with the opening being just a couple days from Halloween, which I know is a a favorite of yours, just that that holiday itself, (laughs) are there going to be events around like Halloween type uh, things? Are people dressing in costumes? What's the vibe of the opening? Yeah, 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 yeah. I want everybody to, to, if anybody wants to partake, I want them to dress Halloween and have a good time. And, um, 
yeah, it's going to be a good time. I'm not going to dress for Halloween. I'm going to dress for my show, but <laughs> I want to, um, I've assigned a few friends, um, costumes that I want to see, nice. <laughs> and, <laughs> but I mean, a lot of people, you know, that are art fans, they, they love the, the hoopla and the, the, you know, and being able to, to join in the celebration. You know, I think it's really fun. I think it's going to be a good time. I wish you could come. Yeah, I know. I know it's I mean, a long it's drive. A <laughs> little, little bit. <laughs> I do need to make it out to, to LA again. It's been, yeah, it doesn't sound like you've spent a lot of time out here. I've been once. Um, it was 2015 for Aaron oh. and Esau's show, The the Gilded Age. Oh, nice. Yeah, I went nice. out there just for that. <laughs> oh, that's cool. That's great. Yeah, yeah. That Love was his great. work. And that's the only time. It, so I, I definitely, and that was what, seven years ago? So it's been a mm, while. Yeah. I guess, are there any other things coming up that you'd want to put on people's radar? I know, you, you know, you, you have a new book, book series that you're just now starting to think about, but are there print releases, events, other things that you'd want people to know about? Yeah, um, there's going to be two new prints um, at the opening, um, again, October 29th. And uh, Corey Helford is in downtown LA. Um, So those are going to be very exciting. And then whatever I do, um, I I advertise on my social medias, um, you know, Instagram, Twitter, who else? I got blocked out of my, I got locked out of my Facebook. Oh, no. (laughs) um, But... uh, and then also TikTok. So whatever I do, I, I announce on that. So if people are following me, they can get that. And I do um, limited edition, special, exclusive releases uh, releases of prints throughout the year, maybe twice a year. Um, so I'm on Instagram, and my handle is at Brandy Milney. And same with Twitter, and same with TikTok. So yeah, just keep eyes out yeah who uses facebook i mean i just stopped using it (laughs) right it's so bad and it it is and also like you know in order to get back into my account they want to see my id and i think like you're an app yeah you're not more like my bank doesn't even want to see my you know what i mean like it's a little crazy to me so i i'm all right to just kind of walk away yeah well you mentioned tiktok or how are you enjoying tiktok Oh gosh, I, I, I'm new and I, it's just new. And, um, I feel like I don't have enough, uh, time to focus on learning and getting great at it right now, but, um, it's there, you know, and people are having a good time and, um, we'll see. I just love the creativity. I mean, I'm so impressed. And I've also feel completely inadequate because like, I'm not nearly as creative as some of these people are. They're amazing. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I know. I mean, it's, like people, it's given people reason and, and a, a forum to just get silly and yeah. and think outside the box. And that's never a bad thing. All right. Awesome. So last question. And this is something that I like yes. to ask everybody. Uh, who is one artist that you'd like to see me have on the show? Um, can I put two? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my friend Miss Mindy uh, is an incredible artist, uh, incredible force on the earth. Um, that would be amazing to hear her. And also her husband, Rick O'Brien, is an amazing artist, painter, um, maker of things, and um, very good, 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 good people. I would love to to see them on that. This, yeah. Very cool. Are they based out of Southern California also? Yeah. Yeah. They're okay. in Eagle Rock. Yeah. Very Lovely cool. people. Well, Brady, thank you so much for coming on the show. This has been a real treat talking with you. I really appreciate it. 
Thank you so much for having me. This has been fun. Thank you. So that's it for this episode of Art Affairs. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Brandy. I really love how, you know, multifaceted and and really multidimensional Brandy's work is. How on the surface it's very cute and, you know, lighthearted, nostalgic and cheery. Uh, But, you know, scratching the surface and really diving deeper, even just a little bit, reveals a much deeper and, you know, broader emotional landscape. Telling somber stories of sadness and trauma, but also stories of innocence and tenderness. It's really stories of life, and life is profound. It's complex, it's emotional, and, you know, Brandy's work captures that really well. I'm really excited for a new show, opening on October 29th at Corey Helford Gallery. The show is called Everything I Ever Was. It's a body of work that she's been working on for three years now, and is a visual representation of Brandy's feelings and experiences over, you know, the last couple of years, which have been really tough for all of us. And is meant to serve as a reminder that we're all just humans and deserving of kindness and grace. It sounds like it's going to be a huge show. 24 paintings and 14 drawings, I think she said, along with several other smaller studies. So there should be something for everyone. Be sure to run by the gallery if you're in the area and definitely wear a costume. Or if you're not in the area like me, check with the gallery for a catalog of all the works. And of course, follow Brandy's Instagram to stay up to date with what she has coming up next, including the new book series that she talked about. So thanks again to Brandy for joining me today, and thank you for checking out the show. I'm truly grateful for your support. And just a reminder, one big way you could help out if you're really enjoying the show would be to check out the show's Patreon. You can find all the details on patreon.com artaffairs. And as always, you can contact me through my website at artaffairspodcast.com or on Instagram at artaffairspodcast. So until next time, be good to yourself and be good to each other. <laughs>